Welcome back to the Revelation On Demand podcast, a podcast dedicated to bringing you Revelation for the Bible. I'm your host, Justin D. Myers, and I'm to do it. Gosh, words are hard. I'm joined today, as usual, by Mr. Chris Hess. How you doing, buddy? I am a judo master. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, you didn't you didn't biff the opening, at least. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's right before we came on, I was like, you know, I was making fun of him. And I was like, welcome back to the Revelation On Demand podcast, a podcast dedicated to bring you Revelation from the Bible. I'm your host, Chris Hess. And I'm joined today, as usual, by the real host, Chris Hess. And this just <laughs> proves my point that, you know, he just can't host. <laughs> Or yeah. read properly. No, yeah, no, he's got this. He's got this all memorized. Yeah. Man's a genius. You're a true genius, my friend. You'd think after 49 episodes, I would have that introduction down, right? But just stumble over my words. I'm actually wondering if we, when when we get to a crowd host or crowd, uh, oh, what's the word? Crowdfunding. We should have a pre-show where we record the pre-show for everyone who pays, just because some of the things we talk about is ridiculous. <laughs> viewer discretion or listener discretion uh, yeah no because there's no filters on that one <laughs> yeah like i mean to be honest with you that's how we're going to transition into the beginning of our show a little bit is uh sending prayers out to ukraine mm. and the humanitarian uh, spiritual crisis a, a, an existential crisis was what it is and yeah. uh we and we were talking some very important points that probably wouldn't be all too appropriate for uh, just about anyone stumbling up across the show, even though we do tend to push the boundaries uh, a little bit when it comes to the more provocative subjects, because it's a reality. And the Bible does tell us very accurately what is the most reasonable, logical or even moral way more often than not mm -hmm. uh, to approach that sort of thing. So. As far as Ukraine goes, I mean, I think y'all know at this point, it's a real deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, first thing I'm going to say is just as an opinionated statement, and I'm going to try to wrap it up as soon as possible. Pray <laughs> for them. Do what you can. Be safe in who you're giving funds to because there's a lot of opportunists during this time of year mm -hmm. and with this sort of situation. You know, but uh, the fact of the matter is, is I completely forgot what I was going to say, but... Uh, as far as Ukraine goes, you've got to be able to understand on a certain level that the whole Holocaust denier or war in Ukraine denier mentality is a form of what it is, denial and delusion. And it's part of that. Uh, I would say it's even a protective instinct of an individual to not acknowledge reality to be as... Um, dark as it can be we live in a mm -hmm. fallen world we live in a world of sin and that's how it is mm -hmm. so we're blessed by grace we have the lord and mm -hmm. he has us in safety with him for eternity mm -hmm. but there are very real evils out in this world that are outside of anyone's control and that's just how it is so i really want to squash those squash those evils down and, you know, really flatten the, the train on that guy. Because <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, it's just beyond reason at this point. War yeah. tends to be beyond reason. Any sort of violent approach tends mm -hmm. to be uh, beyond reason. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we need to be sending prayers. We need to be sending support, make sure that your churches or whoever you're talking to is getting the good resources from good foundations. Cause mm -hmm. you're even going to find us foundations. that are going to find profit out of this. And I'm going to wrap it up by just saying COVID, you know, <laughs> how bad was that? And here, and here we opened up the show saying we try not to just touch on the hot and the hot button subjects. <laughs> uh, so but, yeah. on your front, well, I, I'd like to add something to the Ukraine thing. I just we we see these atrocities taking place places in the world. We see this evil happening, right? But I don't want anyone to ever think that it's getting necessarily worse than it has been. Um, yes, the rate at which we can commit evil has increased, just because technology has made everything faster. But we're just as evil as the day that we fell from Eden. So it's not getting worse. It's not, it's not a reason to despair. We will win in the end. And if you remember from our revelation study, it's supposed to get a heck of a lot worse before the end. So um, 
this isn't this is just a passing of probably what what was referred to as birth pangs and of course uh, as we we've discussed before we don't know exactly what that means if that means we're closer to the end or if this is just Braxton Hicks for all our parents out there who know what that is um but I just, my heart goes out to all those innocent women and children who are caught in the crossfire of this. And just, that's what war causes. It causes uncountable casualties that just shouldn't have happened in the first place. And when I pray for Ukraine, I pray for those who are feeling the, the brutal aspects of war the most. So, yeah. And I'll, I'll just say one more thing about that. And it's just, you know, just touching up a little bit on what he's saying too, is it's almost as though we were reborn and we were through Christ's redemption, right? We're a couple mm-hmm. thousand years off. This could be birth pains. This could be our introduction or reintroduction into a world that we so innocently or so fragilely or just you know, some would even say weak, that we can be as people in our modern generation that we just aren't familiar with how to approach it. Mm. So as, as much as we've been through, there's so much to this world that is going to be beyond, like, and the universe itself. We talk about even in Genesis how the world is something that you cannot ever in your entire lifetime fully perceive in the way that God does. Mm-hmm. you're never going to reach that potential until you see God face to face. And you're like, Oh, so that's what this is all about. Yeah. That's just how it is. Now talking to God, he could probably level with you a bit on it and be yeah. like, Hey, uh, as a human, I'm going to go easy on you. And I'm just going to tell you how it is. Not to say that things don't always go easy. There's trials and tribulations for everyone. Now uh, I wasn't, I wanted to transition to the next talking point yeah. before we get on to what we need to. Yeah. So, me and my wife have been led to start a house church here in our, our house because we've been we've been ha- hosting the church that we've been going to and that we were you know leadership in. We've been hosting that in our house, and we really liked the setting, and we wanted to go further. And uh, we really see as the house the house church this really small intimate setting as the church that God has led us to now. I'm fine with, you know, your standard churches and even mega churches for that point, because I have a feeling that there is a place for everyone and that every, every church has a serves a purpose for what it does. I'm just personally, as you can tell from this podcast, I'm more interested in the in-depth look at faith and, uh, you know, religious thinking. So we are called to do that. So if you could please pray for us, yeah, fellowship, especially, but please, please pray for us on, on that endeavor and that God would lead us to reach out to the correct people and bring the correct people to him and further relationship with Christ for that matter. Then on, then on a very cheery note for all you TikTokers out there, I am looking into starting a TikTok channel for Revelation on Demand. It's just one of these things that while I was working on my house church stuff and forming this this nonprofit that I'm I'm been thinking about for a while, I, I was thinking that maybe we should have something like little reminders of you know, revelation and, uh, and just biblical truth that, uh, that you can see on a platform like TikTok. you know, under 60 seconds, just a reminder, reminding you that, you know, of some of the truths of the Bible. I think that would be, uh, probably blessing to many people. So keep an yeah, eye out for that. Verses, stuff like yeah. that. Just look yeah. out for it. Yeah. Look out for it on the Facebook page and, all the channels we we push out information on, uh, probably get that started next week. Is my plan. So, all right. And as usual, he surprised me with this news on the show. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Chris. I, it's just I'm something super that excited. I no, I know. I just I was something I planned to do myself uh, at at some point because I don't know if you can log into TikTok from multiple places, but we could probably. I'll send you it. 
<laughs> just send the me the video and I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, edit yeah. it up. Okay. Yeah, well, I can I can format it all that stuff. Uh, okay. Okay. Excuse me, we're on a show right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> no business. We're geeks. We're geeks. <laughs> we're like, okay, so uh, what exact code programming is it for C plus plus or JavaScript? Oh, JavaScript is so lame, and that's such a noob move. Yeah, come on, Chris. We're all using Python now. <laughs> oh my gosh, that takes me back. Uh, okay, before this devolves any further. As we're on Google Documents. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so last episode, we had our Easter special, which we talked about the you know death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and what that meant. Uh, of course, go listen to that episode if you like to brush more up on that. And then uh, before that, going back to the series we're on, we started in Amos, or we were in Amos 5. So, as all of Amos, and I've said this multiple times now, but he's a very uh, judgmental prophet. He, He comes with a lot of judgment for Israel. And I think this is part of one of the reasons why it's so hard to read Amos regularly. And I've noticed this with a lot of the prophets, like Hosea and and the prophets in that section of the Bible who are all kind of lumped together. They're very, they're very judgmental on Israel. But of course, this is all coming from God. God is telling them to say these things. So the, the prophets, while there is many things in here, they often foreshadow to Revelation. They often talk about how many things are going to happen to Israel in the coming years, which tend to come out to be true. And uh, then there's some things that they're talking about that just are referring to the end times. And of course, many times the prophets merge the two together, not quite knowing because these guys were all before Jesus. So they would not know that the first coming was separated from the second coming. That's something that uh, few scholars had found out from the old scripture. See, Today, we have all these translations, we have all these resources where we can see all these links, we can quickly travel between all these resources with the internet and and these programs like Logos, which I use, and you can draw all these lines together very quickly. But back then, there was very few scrolls of the Bible. They were kept by the priests, They they were, you know held on to tightly. So you didn't have people like me and Chris just pouring over scripture, linking things a million times a day, a million times over, because it was basically one of the priests that had access to the actual scripture. So when we opened, scholars have proven that you can look at the Old Testament and show that there's two comings. Uh, The reason that not many people talked about that back then was because, again, very few priests even had access to the scriptures. Very few priests would would be in the scriptures in a way that is so regular they could see these connections easily or they could draw these connections. And then also we have the revelation of Jesus Christ, which kind of ties a bow on all those theories. So... Right. They could they could have come they could have come to the place where they come up with it, but they couldn't have drawn all the connections that they needed to be you know confident in it. So very and of course then they were also playing a political game as we hear Amos and many of these prophets get after these guys for. They were playing a political game of you know I am holier than thou I am I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So there was a lot of things going on that distracted them from seeing the truth. So it tends to happen with the luxury of exclusivity. Yeah. Saying. Yeah. It's, it's that I can be better than you are. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, and and in a world of much more survival thing Mm -hmm. than, uh, sustain than sustaining as it is nowadays. It's, uh, you know, uh, if I can make an extra buck off of also being a priest, because it's all I do every day, and I want to do what I want to do, yeah, and yeah, you get some bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So today's ch- chapter is pretty pretty small. It's only fourteen lines, and we only have two sections of comments to go over. Um, so Amos is going to be talking directly to Israel and their complacency and their laziness. 
So we seen last chapter, he was talking about how they were, you know, just going through the motions of, of being religious men and that they had other idols in their temples and all this stuff. And now we're going to see how Israel is being lazy and gluttonous and slothful to use uh, some of the deadly sin terms. Such a repentant theme, but I love yeah. it. Yes. Well, it's good. Also to hear is idolism. Yeah. False idols. I mean, we talked about that just before we start in the book of revelation, mm -hmm. we're going over all the numerous of the, okay. You're going to correct me on this. But there are seven <laughs> churches. Yes. Okay, good. I, I was like, am I losing my mind? <laughs> I was like, I was going to say, and all 13 churches. No, that's a bad number. We don't go there. Anyway, uh, all, <laughs> um, all seven churches from the seven lampstands and seven uh -huh. stars. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah. A lot of them were praising uh, duly the Lord and their deities at the same time. And that's just no bueno. And yep. we even see how that works in modern day. Mm -hmm. I, and I'm not going to say, uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to say Democrat, but I'll say it. Uh, <laughs> no, don't, don't call me out on that. No, I'm just going to do call me out on that. I said yeah. it. Justin didn't say it. He's a good man. <laughs> I'm going to say that we're not praying to Brahmin for those of you guys who have been around long enough. Yeah, we did mention that on the show, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's just poke the bear. I, I poked the bear. He did not send all oh, of your support to me. <laughs> well, I mean, like, to be honest with you, I, okay, let's just, let's just touch up on the subject of politics for a second. I'm very non-biased, and I'm going to tell you that when I say, but I know just as I say, well, it's a Democrat. No, because I really do look at everything, and I'm like, you know, uh, it, it's still politics. It doesn't make sense. I take the George Washington uh, mentality as a true patriot, and I say there should not be a party system whatsoever mm. because that's what he said, and he was right because it ended <laughs> up a two-party corrupt system. Mm -hmm. Now, not to say everyone is corrupt. You could be a Democrat listener, by the way, for you guys and still hate me now. <laughs> you probably did in the first place, but it's okay. No, um, you know, you could be a Democrat and still be a good person. No, that's not a good statement either, is it? Um, <laughs> gotcha. Why don't we just read? Yeah, take your foot out of your mouth, please. For anyone who's wondering why any of this is, is coming up, it's because we're both libertarians and, and we tend to laugh at the whole party thing. So Yes. We, we, we love and, and have our qualms with both sides, so... Yes, uh, just to be fair, just to be fair, and kind of take the foot out of my mouth here, is probably the most Democrat or libertarian statement, excuse me, I can say, is that Christians are stereotyped as Republicans too often. Okay, yep. let's there go for go. it. <laughs> All righty. So this is uh, chapter six, for those of you who have been here. I was gone for about a month, so uh, I just got recently caught up. And mm. we're uh, mainly talking about some of that intensity, intensity mm -hmm. that Amos is trying to bring forth to not the condemnation of Israel, but the sin of the Holy Land. That's yeah. what he's trying to focus on. Mm -hmm. We can't reiterate that enough. Like this is context of the actual Bible. Try mm -hmm. to apply your mindset for those of you who might be wondering or uh, try to attack me. I don't know. You, you can. I'll, I'll, I'll be very nice about it. Anyway, we're going to read chapter six. Woe to you who are complacent in Zion, and to you who feel secure on Mount Samaria, you notable men of the foremost nation, to whom the people of Israel come. Go to Kalna and look at it. Go from there to great Hamath, and then go down to Gath in Philistia. Are they better off than your two kingdoms? Is their land larger than yours? You put off the day of disaster and bring near a reign of terror. You lie on beds adorned with ivory and lounge on your couches. You dine on choice lambs and fattened calves. Calves. By that, I mean calves. You strum away on your harps like David and improvise on musical instruments. You drink wine by the bowlful and use the finest lotions. 
but you do not grieve over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore, you will be among the first to go into exile. Your feasting and lounging will end. All righty. So here we are back into the wonderful book of Amos and his condemnations on Israel. Uh, yeah. So we start That's off. Contrary to what I just said. <laughs> so, Not true. So we start off with him mentioning Zion, which, as we've studied before, Zion is is referred to as the mountain of God, as the place where God resides on the mountain. This is the mountain that Moses went to. Now, he's using it more metaphorically, and he's referring to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, which many of them referred to as Zion, because the temple's there, which would have been God's dwelling place, and it's on a mount. Now, um, this this uh, place, many the a place that many pious men do proper sacrifices. This is getting a little bit back into chapter five, where he was talking about how these religious men, these men of God, quote unquote, would uh, go and perform these sacrifices and these rituals and they'd be adorned with the proper, you know, clothing and, and they would put their, their, they would, they would do the correct things with the incorrect heart, you know? Right. So he's, he's starting off. fashion way. Yeah. Old-fashioned way at this point in time, because you got to realize that uh, we have talk, we talk about sacrifice a lot. And if you look into history itself, and let's not even touch up on modern history, <laughs> let's just focus on the fact that there are sacrificing, even human sacrificing, that goes as far back as to the Aztecs, mm. or you know, it's it's a practice that a lot of people followed, mm. and it's interesting whether it was a human or an animal more so often, or even than just donating uh we talked about earlier on in, in the old testament how they would donate lamb or they would donate their their bountiful supply of fruit and vegetables and food to the mm -hmm. earth by burning mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. so it's just interesting like that we're leaving it out well <laughs> i would kind of hope yeah talking about sacrifice sacrifice has been a big thing in all religious uh groups it doesn't matter that like Christians don't hold a special place with that. But one thing that I, I find so interesting is like to bring this into more modern things. We were watching, we were trying to catch up on the last part of Vikings, which is a series about, and I've talked about this before on the show, actually. Uh, but what was so interesting is that they, they take painstaking, uh, they do their best to, recreate the religious practices that the Vikings would do to pray to their gods and all this stuff. And they were a culture. So they would have been around after the time of Christ. So, you know, they, they, I don't know if they necessarily knew all that much. Now they fought the Christians a lot uh, during their time. But what, what one thing is striking is how they believe so much in their religion that they would have willing human sacrifices on a pretty regular basis. Like when someone really important died or when they were trying to, to win the favor of the gods, they would find human sacrifice. And this wasn't like sacrificing slaves, which some, some cultures did. These men and women who were sacrificed were willing to be sacrificed because it meant Sears in their beliefs. Especially, yep. Yeah. It meant, it meant in their religion, that they could enter the halls of Valhalla immediately if they were a sacrifice for one of these ritual slaughterings. And yeah, it's this is just pre-Dane. This is pre-Dane. It's Ragnar Lothbrok. Yes, 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 yes. So, yes, that's what I think that shows mm -hmm. about. Yeah, it is, and it's in fact it's about his family more as the seasons go on. Uh, he he was prominent in the first half of it, but as it goes on, it's just more about his sons. But anyways, it's just they sacrifice is nothing new. It's nothing new that the Bible brings to any of this uh, pagan cultures. All, all people have been sacrificing things to their gods for a long time. The difference is, is that the sacrifices that Christianity or Judaism, I should say started would be that you, the human life was valued far more. In that you, you couldn't yeah. you couldn't sacrifice a human anymore to cover sins or anything like that, because 
God had a plan that he was going to send his son down to be the perfect sacrifice. So this is why human sacrifice was outlawed and, and why even today we see it as such a tragedy or such a, um, you know, atrocity that people would sacrifice humans on altars to appease gods. And so with that's one way that Christianity has really touched the world that I would think at least in the West, most people see human sacrifice as something that's just abhorrently uh, terrible. You know, they wouldn't, it's they unfathomable. Wouldn't it yeah. really is. Yeah. It's just beyond comprehension for the average uh-huh. person of the West. I guess we were never taught about that in school. We don't grow up going, Oh, okay. So that's why that one kid whose family line has an altar in their house. because <laughs> Like what? Yeah, no, we we don't see that in the West very much. Now, so Amos, getting back onto the the subject at Ham, Amos is pointing to the the big empires around Jerusalem and Israel, and saying, you know, look at these people. Like he's literally trying to prove to these religious people, like, hey, you're doing the exact same things that these countries around you are doing. And you're having the same issues. You're reaping the same rewards. You know, like you're no better than them. And one key thing that we learn of in the Old Testament is that Israel was called to be different than all other countries. Like they were supposed to act differently. They were supposed to do things differently. They were supposed to have different rituals that set them apart from the other countries and and the pagan believers around them. And here Amos is pointing out, like, you guys are acting just like them. You're no better than them. You are, you know, you're basically being like those other countries who were not chosen to be God's people. So this is, this is the point where, where um, Amos is like, this is why you guys are going to suffer the way you're going to suffer. Thank you. Don't make Mount Zion, <laughs> Mount Olympus, and vice versa. Yeah. It's just... That's a reference to uh, what what the Greeks believed in yeah. Olympus. Uh, though, if for those of you guys who don't know, another history lesson is the Romans, which is also... Um, somewhat more relevant to this time period. We're still in that Greek to Roman transition here, mm-hmm. but the Romans just copy and pasted everything the Greeks had believed in mm-hmm. and put new names on there. So that's why we have names of the planets, and, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, Saturn is Zeus, and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Mars is Aries, etc. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not incredibly useful information for your day-to-day life, but it's a reality of how mm-hmm. we put things. And uh, I wouldn't say we as um as a whole. I would say that's just how it's named and labeled because we. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm on a <laughs> tangent today. I was just gonna say how the scientific communities need to take a more faithful approach with some stuff. You know, <laughs> like why don't we study Christian sciences enough? Even though there's plenty of Christian science out there. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> we, can, we can transition. Okay. So, Assyria is going to take over this area in the coming years after Amos is delivering this to Israel. And uh, he basically drew the the analogy or the comparison between Israel and these other countries because Assyria would also take over Israel. So, they shouldn't be so calm about the fact they're going to be invaded and when Assyria comes through it's not it's not pretty the way they uh, conquer Babylon all over again yes and then he refers to beds of ivory which is just you know extremely wealthy and it's a show of wealth and laziness at the same time he's using it as a symbol or a symbol for both of those. So again, he was more talking about their slothfulness and their laziness in this section. So that's the main symbol there. And then he's also drawing that, you know, they're not bothered by the, how does it put up here? Hmm. You not grieve over the ruin of Joseph. So it's saying right there, you know, this Joseph was, of course, the the father of Israel, basically. And uh, it's probably he, responsible for over half their bloodlines, too. 
Yeah, right. So for the record, he when they're referring to Joseph, he's the father of their community, you know. And you know, of course, Joseph would be rolling in his grave to use a more modern term if he's seen the way that you guys were acting. So the fact that the religious leaders and the leaders in the city are not bothered by the villainy and the the way just the general you know idolatry and all these terrible things that are happening, the fact they're not bothered by that is what he's pointing at in that, you know, the party's about to come to an end and, and Amos is here to kind of throw on the lights and say, Hey, you know how you guys have been living. It's not going to be pretty. So it's like you guys, there's not <laughs> enough elephants in Africa for all this. <laughs> yeah. And there really isn't nowadays, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a common luxury at the time. We talked about it before. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's just one of those things, traded goods. And, you know, yeah. if it looks cool, it, they got to have it at some point. And the ancient culture yeah. didn't have a means of taking a step back and going, hmm, do I sell the million dollar rare artifact from an elephant or not? Yeah. Oh, wait, we still do that. Um, all right, let's go. <laughs> let's get going on to verse eight. Yeah. <laughs> Sovereign Lord has sworn by himself. The Lord God Almighty declares. I abhor the abhor the pride of Jacob and detest his fortresses. I will deliver up the city and everything in it. If ten people are left in one house, they too will die. And if the relative who comes to carry the bodies out of the house to burn them asks anyone who might be hiding there, is anyone else with you? And he says, no, then he will go on to say, hush. We must not mention the name of the Lord. Why? For the Lord has given the command, and he will smash the great house into pieces, and the small house into bits. <clears throat> Do horses run on rocky crags? Does one plow the sea with oxen? But you have turned justice into poison, and the fruit of righteousness into bitterness. You who rejoice in the conquest of Lodabar and say, Did we not take Karnaim by our own strength? For the Lord God Almighty declares, I will stir up a nation against you, Israel, that will oppress you all the way from Lebohamoth to the valley of the Arabah. So, this is kind of a Mic drop moment for Amos. He's he's basically saying, you know, you guys live this way, and now you're going to die this way. Just uh, say, yeah. So he, at the beginning here, Israel's sins are, are leading to the inevitable judgment and Yahweh's wrath that will destroy Israel. Which again is saying, Lord of God Almighty will stir up nation against you. That is one way that God uses, uh, you know, the things that happen to carry out His will. And then, of course, mentions the pride of of Jacob and how he he detests that. Uh, as we, if you remember, Jacob is Israel. He is the man who was, uh, you know, who wrestled with God at one point, and uh, he he says that his pride will be their downfall. And I believe that this is a very common uh, phrase, Jacob's pride, because as we see in the Bible, where Jacob is prideful. Uh, he's referred to as Jacob in the text. And then when he's being true and, and uh, following God, like he's supposed to, he's referred to as Israel. So uh, we see that that's probably uh, a slang that, you know, it's hard for us to understand, but in the context, it, it makes sense. It does to me. Like yeah. it, that's an echo of the sin uh-huh. of taking them on. <laughs> that's just the imprint, uh, you know. What do you want? I mean, that's yeah. thing. <sighs> that's that's uh, you know exactly where I was going yeah. with that, but I was yeah. not going to say it. No, <laughs> that's that's the follow up to what happens when we commit to something that is bad. I mean, he was redeemed. His story is beautiful. There's you know, there's a revelation of himself in that story. Mm-hmm. But the harsh reality of it is is any of us, and I'm not just talking about people in power. I'm not just talking about people destined to be the father of Israel. Mm-hmm. I'm also talking about, or in his case, uh, oh my gosh, that, that, that family line. <laughs> um, yeah, there's 
all of us, if you have an impact on anyone else or even yourself, sin mm-hmm. will stay. Mm-hmm. It will cause roots and it will ingrain. And guess what? Like a tree that lives for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Or it affects very many people is to, to bring it back around to what we were talking about in the first place. We see that the sins of the few in, in, in countries abroad are being, you know, taken out on the innocent, on those around them that, you know, choices were made and, and boundaries were crossed and trades were, trades were made that were not beneficial to those around them. And, and the sin that just is built to a point where now people are having war, you know, Oh, I love that you brought that up. No, I, yeah, talking about, I, I I can't believe, like, I I can only structure these so much, but I can't believe how usually we come full circle every episode to, you know, something in this chapter is talking about what we were talking about that doesn't seem to have anything to do with this, you know, and it's uh, relevant. Yeah, no. And it's just, he's, you know, uh, Amos is talking about the wrath that is going to befall Israel for their sinful ways and we see it in history time over time country becomes sinful in the way they they behave they you know turn away from god they do something and atrocities follow and innocents suffer for that sin it's just it happens over and over again like we said in previous chapters there's going to be a remnant there's going to be some of israel who make it through this but it was going to be as a warning sign not as you know hope so yeah, we like see. the League of Nations being trans, like the most modern example of that, that truly is the induction of the world of Israel that we know it, mm-hmm. is the transition from the League of Nations to the United Nations at the mm-hmm. end of World War II when they gave Israel their own country mm-hmm. and they were left to die and surrounded by warfare within a few days. They wiped mm-hmm. them all out and said, we got God on our back. I mean, mm-hmm. that's... That's not heartfelt. I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. But no, in all seriousness, it's that's what happens with Israel. Mm. Is it's 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 a place of not only spiritual turmoil throughout the years, and as you know, that old phrase goes, and he and Justin say it pretty often, is history tends to repeat itself. Mm-hmm. Is it's such a sanctified and there's so much seriousness going on there. You got to wonder mm. why. And that's mm-hmm. why we're referencing to Jacob and Joseph as is mm. Amos, because mm. it's such a well saturated place of spiritual intensity. Mm-hmm. That's why we have all the temples. Mm-hmm. That's why we have the church and, mm-hmm. you know, all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So you, you paused at a spot in there where, where he's like, don't invite God's name. Uh, and hush, we must not mention the name of the Lord. Uh, and you, you were like, why? You know, you just kind of stopped and had a question there. And uh, they, the wrath is coming. And uh, when it comes, the people are going to realize that, you know, this is what exactly what Amos told them was going to happen. And that this is Yahweh's wrath. So he's saying that whoever's left over is going to be so scared to, uh, you know, even mention the Lord. Because some people have this, this false idea that you know when you talk about god he's he looks in your direction like the isr run or something uh hmm. but uh he's always watching so it's it's Very not a reflection of god's image <laughs> just for the records yeah right when we get that argument well god's so mean or god, why isn't he fixing everything right now by the snap of his finger it's like we are literally made in god's image you wouldn't even know what anger was if he didn't have it himself yeah so (laughs) and then we move on to these animal metaphors which are supposed to just be outlandish i i couldn't think of anything you know modern to say like uh but anyways uh do the horses run on the craggy on rocky crags um this is really rocky ground horses you know, are typically very sensitive to what they're stepping on. That's why we put horseshoes on them to protect their feet. Uh, Back in Hawaii, I'll tell you, it's a challenge to walk on dried up coral and lava rock. I'm on the local, uh, I was a kid at the time, but that's what, Mm -hmm. is what his guys did to prove Mm -hmm. our strength was, Hey, Mm -hmm. we're all going on a hike. Okay. I want to be the tough guy and take my shoes off. 
Yeah, yeah. And of course, and people you, do. Yeah, yeah. And running across that would typically lead to injury, right? Oh. And of course. Then, of course, he, he, he adds this plow of the sea with an oxen, which is just like, like funny to even imagine and really, really out there. As it far really as the, is. Dredging the sea with an ox. Yeah. Let alone a bunch of them. All yeah. right, you go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and it's just supposed to be absurd because he's he's pointing out the absurdity of Israel, you know, the people God chose to be God's people, to be representative of God's people, doing exactly the things God told them not to and acting like the people around them. So he's he's using these absurd metaphors to point out how strange their their behavior is. That is the freedom of choice, by the way. Mm-hmm. I wanna I wanna just point out with that yeah. with that fact right there mm-hmm. was when someone or a group of people are doing something deliberately in the way that they should not be told, you by all means deserve the consequences of that situation. Mm-hmm. That is up to your decision. That is your freedom of will that God has blessed you with. And mm-hmm. so be it that you decide to do whatever you want in this life. But just know that there is going to be retribution for that. Like mm-hmm. you can't hold everyone else to it. And, I'm, and this is getting a little deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as a person, if you're someone that does that, you can't hold other people. And it's just a common theme. I'm not saying mm-hmm. this is applying to anyone in particular or a specific group. I'm saying in general, with this, with a sinful behavior such as this, mm-hmm. it's so common that they want to, or as an individual or a group, would want to point the fingers everywhere else and say, well, they're doing it. Well, they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Why do we got to deal with that? Mm-hmm. You know, if they're doing it, you gotta take a closer look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are they doing it? Or mm-hmm. how did they do it? <laughs> Anything you can do better now because we're humans and we're dumb. Yeah. And, and no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm sorry. I said that <laughs> we're not all dumb. We're, you're all such beautiful people. I love that. We have an audience. I, yeah. I, I make sarcastic negative comments towards myself sometimes and my my fam, my church fam, <laughs> all of them always catch me on it. So I didn't mm. mean to I didn't mean to be derogatory or just say that just to mm. be like, meh, you know, that's all I, that's all we amount to because it's not mm. true. Otherwise I wouldn't be bringing up this point in the first place. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the this is a huge thing, mm-hmm. especially in Amos because he's literally justified in blaming these people because mm-hmm. it's not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving on. As opposed to not being justified, but yes, moving <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> so where he talks about how they turn justice into poison and righteousness into bitterness. The only thing I got to add here is that this is this bitterness. Some places it's, it's referred to as wormwood, which I just had to mention because, of course, every time we come to bitterness and wormwood, I have to mention the comment and the Wormwood that we talked about in Revelation, just as to pointing out, of course, if you've been with us anytime, uh, you know, bitterness, wormwood is a plant that is very bitter to the t- taste and can be poisonous in the wrong quantities. And uh, we see that bitterness and wormwood are tied together very much, probably because wormwood itself as a plant is such a bitter thing. It's also Continua. used as a catalyst for yes. bad things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, Continuing on, we see the conquest of Lodabar. This is talking about a a town in the northern part of the Transjordan that was was captured by Jerusalem. And, of course, it says, did we not take Karanim by our own strength, which is a town in Gilead, east of the Sea of Galilee. So uh, we see an interesting uh, metaphor coming out here. Lodabar is in their language, uh, play on meaning that means no thing. And, uh, Karenim or care name, however you pronounce that is something that means two horns. So we see that, you know, they conquered nothing. And it's almost like saying, you know, you, you conquer nothing, you celebrate nothing and you have no power in that thing. So Amos is kind of making a slam against Israel for many people who would who would uh you know boast about their conquering of that and try and use it as an excuse like well we obviously have god's favor because we we couldn't have took all this territory otherwise and, and, Don't be and, 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 and amos is saying yeah you know what maybe god let you conquer that because you have no power in, in nothing and you celebrate nothing and with no power 
So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially so. in that, in that metaphor. And that's um, just another mm. quick history reference. That's where mm. we get the naughty, naughty d- d- devil horn. Thing. Yeah. Is that is by tradition, because let's think about it. If we had to imagine what that sort of thing could mean. And mm. well, speaking of mean goats tend to be mean. And, mm. you know, back in the day, if you're a farmer and you're getting, you know, bucked by a sheep or by a horned sheep, which they, mm. those do exist, people, or a goat all the darn time, you'd be like, yeah, I don't like that thing. But that's <laughs> a very new ha, as what we say, as we would say in Hawaii, or that's a very not a nada, nada, naughty <laughs> behavior. Yes, <laughs> you'd want to go there. <laughs> so, and then we, we see that uh, God is going to stir up the nations against them and oppress all the way from Labo Hamath, which was an area that yeah. they had. So that, that area is just talking about the entirety of the territory of Israel, which would have extended beyond what Israel's borders are today. It would mm-hmm. have been a much larger chunk of land at the time. And he plans and God plans to take it all from him, which we see happens in history. And of course, like Chris mentioned, I mean, Israel became a state again during, during the end of world war two, which we've talked about that before as well. Yeah, someone in my it's funny that you mentioned that because I actually I run a private um, gambling ministry too, and uh, no comment on that. Uh, but I was talking. He's laughing at me because he's like, "Sorry, it's just like no contest." I run a private gambling ministry. Like, uh, Chris, are you talking about like a ministry that helps people with gambling or a ministry based on gambling? Like, I need. Clarification. Need, you know, there's beer ministries out there that they, they get a bunch of guys together and they drink beer. My little brother likes going to those. Interestingly I have, enough. I have less trouble with that than gambling, but okay. <laughs> no, it's it's the other kind. Okay. Uh, okay. Thank Helping you. people. Okay. Thank yeah. And sorry, I could just let that My friend was telling me was that oh, I need this because I'm contemplating this. And if I don't have, obviously, what they were going through, mm. then I won't get an end result. And or, or and I was like, well, why don't you try something else that used to help you? And uh, they're like, yeah, but it used to help me. Then I did it to the point where it was just like, it was just not good anymore. I'm like, yeah, anything can be abused. Anything can be misused, and especially in excess. That's what the biggest thing is with this chapter: is gluttony and all that good stuff. Mm. It's just using too much, taking in too much, and then thinking it's okay mm. because it's not. It yeah. really isn't, and that's where we need to be managing ourselves. And that's where we need to be. I mean, serious. Like, I have all respect in the world for parents out there, especially, who are like, I need to censor some stuff my kids look at. Yeah. Thank you. Like, everything has to have a certain variable of balance. Mm. Not too much control, in my opinion, because I'm still an angsty 26 years old. But (laughs) (laughs) that's what my opinion is. Mm -hmm. But we got to find that good center place in your life where you're and i'm just gonna say i'm gonna gonna apply the amos mentality to those of you who are listening real quick Mm. is we got to find that good center place in your life where you could be with god and still feel you Mm -hmm. that's such a big thing you know still feel you you're Mm. you Mm. you know it's not to hurt you it's really to bless you and i Mm. hate to see it when it goes either way south Mm. because it happens But um, I'm going to pray for everyone real quick because I feel like that's something we need to be doing every episode. And it's 49 episodes in. We've done it only a few times. (laughs) No comment. Sometimes we're just, we're working guys. So we're always in the rush. (laughs) All right. Dear Father God, we thank you so much today for bringing us together on this show as always. And for uh, me and Justin and the audience being able to all uh, coercively think together and feel together on what is the most reasonable thing for this. I truly believe that. And I know that your insight and everything that you've provided for us is a good thing and that we are going to excel. And I pray for uh, sheer prosperity and strength for everyone here. And that we are going to excel beyond capability that we think we have. 
mm-hmm. even at bare minimum or maximum, that we will rise to the challenge that you have given us. We will rise to the opportunities that you provide and we will successfully follow through. Falling short, we always have each other and you've blessed us with that. Praise God. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, he's going to do the... Um, He's going to do the end cap. He's going to do the end cap here in a second. But I just lastly, I wanted to say, if you guys are going through any prayer things, and I'm going to include this in my prayer because I didn't say Amen yet or Amen. <laughs> oh wait, I just did. <laughs> if you have any specific requests that you want just spiritual aid in, then you shoot us an email. You know, it's mm. there just insight. We're pretty honest people. Mm. Well, I don't know how pretty you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're honest guys. We just want to be able to help, and mm. you know, in, in any way, shape, or form, you know, there's only so much we can do. Mm. I think as long as that's respected, we all good. Mm-hmm. But you know, feel free to send us anything. Yep. yep. I didn't just open up a can of wormwood with that, did I? Uh, you might have. Oh my gosh! And as usual, we managed to draw fourteen verses into a fifty-minute episode, six fifty-one-minute episode. Uh, don't you but love that's, that? We're like twenty-seven verses. Okay, ready? Go, 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 go. Yeah, right. <laughs> fifty minutes, and then we have fourteen, and we still do fifty minutes. That's what the people come from. That they come for. They, they, they will have our uh, in brevity, in brevity. <laughs> yeah, our in our inevity, in brevity. <laughs> Amen. (laughs) Amen. Thank you for listening to the Revelation On Demand podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you catch podcasts from. Please, if you like what we're doing, share this with a friend, family member, or someone from your church. This is a completely private venture, and we receive no funding from any sources. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please feel free to contact us at revelationondemand at gmail.com. God bless, and see you next time.